There it is. Zero. Love Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, a talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And all about wine is on. Here's one. Hey. Thank you, bus people. Thank you, thank you. There we go. Bus people oh. are oh. thrilled that they're here in Florida and not anywhere else in the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Ooh. laughs> yeah. Some, some weather out there. Um, some weather out there. I tell you, you know, was it 22 no, it feet of snow? Well, we're not that cold, but it it yeah. got cold here uh, last night and yesterday um, morning in the 40s yeah. and 30s. Yeah, yeah, 30s and so forth. I mean, it's like one more little reminder. You know, <laughs> I was I had to go out an appointment Wednesday morning, and oh my gosh, I I went and got out of the car, and it was drizzly, raining, and it was cold, and I went, mm-hmm. oh, geez, I you know. Yeah. Should have gone to park and when long it, underwear. I just, when did you move? When did you move to um, Seattle or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was fur. I mean, unbelievable. Just the like classic Seattle weather. Yeah. You know, for all of you people in Seattle, our apologies <laughs> and our sympathies. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, it was it was nippy. But I play golf tomorrow. I'm supposed to hit 81. So. We recovered from <laughs> yeah, exactly. our coach. Now. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> Yep. That's it. Um, well, let's see. Still can't, uh, still can't get on Blog Talk Radio chat for some stupid reason. I don't know. Every time oh, I really? load it up. I mean, yeah, I may have to try something else. Uh, maybe uh, turn off Firefox and go go to Chrome on that one. But uh, I got too many Chrome windows open. That's my main browser, and I've got I don't know Is it? No. 20, 30, 30 tabs open. Um, for different things, but uh, yeah. But uh, if you want to chat, you can go to our Facebook page or uh, YouTube, um, just about uh, anywhere, I guess, and that we're on. And uh, try finding a chat thing and let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, although I'll chat with you there. Facebook has what a mm-hmm. ten minute delay, so if we no, it's uh, it's even now. It's uh, within a couple of seconds, yeah. So oh, far. oh that's, wow. By the end of the show, it'll be an hour, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's probably. like, uh, what was this? It was uh, the first the first simulcast thing I think we did. And I looked at the clock and I go, wait a minute. We're still talking on the show and, the, and our little outro video thing was done playing. And the, <laughs> I looked at the clock and it was, I forgot, what was it? Seven minutes, le- uh, six or seven minutes behind. Wow. 
Wow. And yeah, and now we're uh, now we're now we're about six seconds, so it's not too bad. But uh, <laughs> so, and the thing is, as soon as I click, you know, end stream to turn it off, it turns it off immediately. It doesn't turn it off in seven minutes. And oh, um, wow. so people didn't catch the, the end of it. So it's been in, it's getting getting better ever since then. I'm trying to figure out what the problem is, but uh, just the delay out there is just amazing. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it just increases as the show goes. So I don't know where that happens, but um, why so, would that happen? That yeah. makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 got to hit the bounce off the moon. You know, the the space station has to look at it, whatever that thing's called. Yeah, um, and then they have to send yeah. it back down, and it's a couple of satellites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. China has to steal what they can, and then you know it comes back to us. <laughs> so, right. You know, and government has to censor. A couple of things, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, so, yeah. You know, uh, by the end of the show, are. it's you know, it's seven minutes. It's yeah. No. yeah, yeah, well, it makes sense when you it's look seven. at it like that. Yeah. So, I I'm been working on guests. It looks like we might have a full April, and uh, hmm. possibly uh, coming up last couple of weeks this month, we may get a guest. Uh, but uh i've been uh been digging uh i had some new emails but i also dug up some ones that were sent to spam and, and i don't know why that because it i i usually don't get anything in spam uh on this on all about wine simply because i want to be able to see what comes in because people do right. send in possible guests and stuff and I looked in spam which I hardly ever do and I found one from January that was a potential guest and I wrote her yesterday and she wrote me back and says oh she says you need to put this on your regular thing and not spam and I said yeah I know but you know the strange (laughs) thing is though I I check spam every once in a while and there's hardly anything in there because I keep this pretty open because of that but oh well, um, so we uh, we've got so April my, might be a a guestful month. That's it might good. be guestful. I, I've got potential for six guests right now as it is when I'm working. Wow. So yeah. So Wait, six guests. How many weeks? How many Thursdays are in April? <laughs> April. I think six, there's only four this year. So we may okay. Uh, we may have to create a couple <laughs> more Thursdays. To get right. through April, yeah. we'll see what we can come up with. But uh, uh, it could be a problem because I keep telling people, as of now, April is wide open, and so let's <laughs> only four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they wow. start contacting me saying, "How about April this, April that?" And I'm going to have to start bouncing people around, which I hate doing that. But uh, some interesting ones, you know, we've got experts in uh, in biodynamics, uh, and uh, we've uh, oh, geez, uh, uh, women in wine, and uh, uh, oh, all sorts of stuff. I, I can't remember all of them right now. I, I really. Uh, well, let's see what time. we got. But yeah, but uh, uh, sommeliers and uh, uh, a Chinese American that uh, uh, 
has worked her way through the system and uh, sustainable wine and all sorts of stuff. So we, we've got a lot of interesting interviews and talks coming up here in the future. So stay with us mm-hmm. on All About Wine. Don't don't take the month of April off because that's it's gonna be a good good month. And uh yeah. another shout out to Jessica from last week. That was a fun interview. We I enjoyed that mm-hmm. a lot. So so uh that is coming up there uh, over the next six weeks. looks like we got ourselves quite a few guests. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's always great to have guests. Uh, and if you know of anyone that might be interested or if you are a uh, promotional person for people in the industry, get in touch with me if you think they would like to come on the show or any of that. I'd uh, love to have them Come on, but not in April. We, we <laughs> we're busy in April. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, bump some people in April. Sounds like there's yeah, six, uh, gonna, you know, some people yeah, in April. Well. Have to be. well, first come first serve. So if you know, I get a bunch of April. Yeah. I get. A, I was going through emails too, and I found different people that I have talked to in the past. A talk email, uh, talked to in the past, and. The possibilities of it, but I think I, I was going to start getting a hold of people, but I'm going to have to delay that because I hate to say, okay, now we can't do you in the rest of this month or April, but we're going to look at May, and by that time, people forget. So I will wait a little bit and mm-hmm. see what I can find. Uh, so there we are. And just some information tonight is all I'm going to talk about. Nothing earth-shattering with just a few things I saw that, as always, I think might be interesting, and I'm going to share with you. And let's see, what's this here? No, there it is. Uh, This is a blog that I saw, and I thought it was interesting, and I, I was going to paraphrase it for you, and then I thought, why do that? I think I'm going to read it to you. It's not real, real long, but it's interesting, uh, and especially if you start considering the fact of all the rains and the wet weather they're having in California in the vineyards and in the wine-growing regions and all the rains that's going across the country and all the snow that they're having and the wet grounds and everything else. This blog is called, What are the Pros and Cons of Rain? during the life of a vine. And that's, you know, growers and winemakers uh, are always wanting to have the ideal amount of rain come in, and that never works. It's always none or too much. And lately, it has been too much. Although for the last three years, it's been none. So it's feast or famine. But this article is really quite interesting because it talks about, uh, uh, well, the stages of the grapevines and and rains on it and all that. So, uh, again, I think I'm going to read it to you instead of uh, trying to, well, trying to paraphrase it. This is from the Press Democrat. And where is the Press Democrat located? And I've been trying to look 
and find that somewhere on here, and I haven't been able to find it. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think it's Petaluma or Sonoma or something like that. I don't know. Let me uh, let me click on this and see if it, I can tell you where it's located. If I if I remember correctly, it's out of Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. Um, Okay. The press you're, you're so good at that uh, memory. That probably is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Santa Rosa, California. Uh, I believe they're, and, and I'm just strictly going by memory that they they had their first issue back in 1897. Wow. Um, and they're still and they're owned by Sonoma. Yeah, yeah, still. Uh, yeah, they have uh, 22,000 daily, uh, I guess, subscribers, and 29,000 Sunday is their uh, wow. circulation. So. Uh, yeah, big big time. Um, yeah, they are the yeah. sister newspaper of the Sonoma Index Tribune and the Argus Counter, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Santa Rosa, California. Yeah. Santa Rosa. So this is from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. Thank you, Mike. And mm-hmm. uh, the author of this blog is Peg Melnick. And uh, well, let me well I read it to you. Of course, I'll have something pop up that I always make comments on, but rain is on everyone's mind lately, and we're all looking at the forecast for the coming days and weeks. Grapevines, currently in a stage of dormancy, are largely unaffected right now, but what about the long-term outlook? We talked with five winemakers about the rain. What effect does excessive precipitation have on vines during other seasonal stages, and what would be ideal and for the best grapes. Quote, rains can be a positive or a negative depending on when the rainfall happens. End quote, explains Jesse Katz, winemaker and founder of Hillsburg's Aperture Cellars. I'm constantly checking weather reports in our on-site weather stations. During the growing season, I could be checking on weather hourly, if not more. Dormant vines. Grapevines typically bring uh, being hibernating in late November when the vines are bare through February. To date, the rains have been beneficial for the most part, according to Venters. They've filled up Venters' reservoirs and ponds, allowing these reservoirs to serve them well for irrigation and frost protection. But too much rain and vines can experience a condition called wet feet. In quotes, in short, waterlogged vineyards can prevent oxygen from reaching the vine's roots, eventually hindering the vine's ability to receive water and nutrients. Erosion is another concern because nutrients can be washed away. Some combat erosion with hail, uh, with hay bales. Bud break. And this, a lot of areas is already happening, bud break now. During this stage, typically in early Mars, the vines awaken from their hibernation and push out buds where the cane of the vine eventually will grow. While excessive rain during bud break is not cause for concern, stormy weather before bud break could delay this stage. And they have been getting the rivers of storms in California, up and down California. And basically the whole state is growing grapes. So... I haven't talked to anybody, and, you know, that's funny. I just saw this article, and I uh, was thinking, 
need to call some people out there in California and find out what's happening with bud break, with all this rain, if it's delayed it or anything. Then bloom. From April to May, bunches of tiny flowers bloom from the new vine shoots. Self-pollinating, each of these flowers has the potential to turn into a single grape. However, excessive rains in the flowering stage can knock the blooms right off the plant, reducing the number of berries on the vine. Well, if they got bud break soon and it's warmed up, they might be having a problem. I haven't heard anything about problems out there on the vineyard, but whenever you see news reports coming out of California, they're always talking about the atmospheric rivers that are coming in, and they're not saying too much about what's happening with the grapevines. I'm going to have to call the California Grape Growers Association. Let me make a note of that. That is a something that I really need to do and find out what's going on. And let's see. Call Cal Grape Growers Association about effects of rain on grapevines. Now, okay. Okay. Now, I I told you a couple of weeks ago I was going to contact Cornell University uh, up there about genetic, uh, genetically altered grapevines. I found some phone numbers for them, and um, most of them I'm calling now. I, they must be on spring break or something up there because I called them. I found, remembered and called them this past week, and I was getting... A recording saying, you know, we're not in the office at this time. Uh, so I haven't given up. I will see what I can find out on those. So here we go. Boom. Okay. Verizon. Okay. Typically in July, Verizon signals the onset of ripening with the green grapes transitioning into red grapes. And that's what Verizon is. After Verizon, excessive rains wouldn't cause a significant problem for thicker skinned varietals, such as the Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, Petit Verdot, because these grapes would be tough enough to withstand stormy weather, winemakers and growers all say. But for the center, boy, my tongue's getting in the way of my talk today. But for the thinner skinned varietals with tight clusters, Examples would include Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir. Excessive rain can be problematic with fungi developing. While mildew can occur any time during the growing season, fungi can form on the grapes after Verizon. One example of troublesome fungus is botrytis, which makes the grapes shrivel and rot from inside the bunch out. The only vintners who can benefit from Botrytis grapes, also known as the noble rot, are those making dessert wines, such as Sauternes, a French sweet wine with, from the region of the same name, and the Gravis section in Bordeaux. Or infamously, uh, ice wines. Ripening stage. This stage is typically from July to harvest, which can start as early as August. And with excessive rains, fungi can form any time after Verizon and throughout the ripening stage. 
one example again is botrytis. So there is possibilities of the season. Jesse Katz is a founder and winemaker at Aperture Cellars in Hillsburg was asked the question, from now until harvest, what are the potential problems with excessive weather that could affect the quality of the grapes? In other words, what is your worst nightmares? He said, we don't want to see rain during flowering because it can cause shatter. This is when grape clusters falling to, uh, failing to reach full maturity. This is disrupting the self-pollinating process of the vines and leads to straggly clusters with fewer berries. Once the vines wake up, assuming the soil profiles are filled, that soils are holding all the water they need. He says, I really prefer to see little or no rain prior to horizon, in particular in red varietals. I don't know, again, where they're at right now. This is a, a critical time with the grapes going through the uh, coming out of the dormant stage and going into bud break and bloom and without those steps properly being done then it's going to throw them back. I, I, I don't know. Rain during the season can sometimes be problematic and raise mildew pressure especially on thin skin and tight cluster varietals. Overall, I think sometimes the concern for a little rain post-rising gets blown out of proportion, and winemakers who have not worked in other climates can cause them unnecessary stress. Okay, another question asking, in your mind, do the rains this year mean we've overcome the drought? And he said this is a complex question, but the short answer is no. We have years of lower than normal participation in snowfall, and a wet month or season is not enough to make up for the years of drought conditions. We would need multiple years of above-average rainfall, and this is definitely helping. So there you go. They're still battling that drought. In your view, are the rains another example of weather extremes in the broader contest of climate change? He says, again, this is a complex question, but in general, I think we're seeing extremes because more extreme, uh, I think extremes become more extreme in our weather and patterns. And they asked Arnold Weirich, a winemaker and production senior vice president of Rotor Estate in Mendocino County, from now until harvest, what are the potential problems with excessive weather that could affect the quality of the grapes? Same question as the other. There are always ways to mitigate excess groundwater because we have underground French drains in the vineyard. What we cannot mitigate are effects of very high heat that cause dehydration of our fruit, as well as smoke from wildfires. So he's saying he doesn't mind the rain because he can drain it well. Uh, so uh, the other issues that he's concerned about the question was asked of him if it's overcoming the drought and he responded by saying if you have to take it one year at a time with such a large amount of rain it means we banked water potentially for two years between the soils that have been absorbed however nothing much has changed but the fact that we will continue to use water wisely in order to have as much water left at the end of the year as we possibly can. 
And his question was asked about, is this a broader context context of climate change? And he said, the winter 22-23 rain season feels like our 2005-2006 winter rain season. It was relentless and created flooding slides, etc., in Northern California and in the Anderson Valley. It's the frequency at which you move from one extreme to the next that seems to be the new normal, which is so very true. And Remy Colhin, CEO of Domain Canaris in Napa, was asked the same three questions. For there are risks, he says, for vineyard managers throughout the growing season. Drought or excessive rainfall can impact timing and a uniformity in bud break. A winter warm spell could cause an early bud break, and if frost occurs after bud break, it has potential for severely damaging the vines. Inclement weather during bloom from rain, wind, or extreme heat events can impact the fruit set and the season's yield. Excessive rain, hail, or extreme heat can cause challenges during the ripening. Until the grapes are harvested and in the winery, there is an array of weather events that could impact the growing season to varying degrees. He was asked, does this rain overcome the drought? As helpful as the above average precipitation is for this growing season and for snowpack accumulation in California, we need more years of good rainfall to overcome our state deficit. And that's what everybody's saying anyway. I mean, they're saying this... They would need like three years of this type of rain to get out of this. And they said, is this the new normal? And he says, I tend to agree with climatologists who foretell wilder weather swings and an increase in frequency of extreme weather events. And they asked a couple of other winery, uh, another co-owner, Randy Peters at Kokomo Winery in Hellsburg, the same questions. Basically, he gave the same answers. This is what's happening. We are not out of the drought. And Joel Peterson, a vendor of Once and Future Wines in Glen Ellen, is, uh, again, basically the same comments and same answers. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit worded differently, but they're all pretty much in agreement. Uh, this is not the worst it could be on weather. Uh, there are other things that would affect them and bother them more. Frost being a big one. Hail is another one that they most of them don't like because it just knocks the plants to pieces. And the possibilities of alleviating the drought, they're all saying the same thing. They need a lot more rain than this consistently over about two or three years to make up for the drought. And you all know that. Look at Lake Mead. and uh, uh, it, You can see how low that is. And uh, climate change? They're saying, yeah. Uh, it's probably part of it. The weather it has been erratic and frequent extremes has really caused the vineyards and the people in, at the vineyards to scratch their heads all the time. They don't know what's coming and what's going to happen to get a perfect growing season. Uh, this guy with this Randy, yeah, no, Joel Peterson says to get a perfect growing season is getting harder and harder to envision. Uh, 
Um, he says, also, human effect on the climate has been going on for a long time, since the 1800s and the Industrial Revolution. So, there you go. Uh, great lines can be affected in all sorts of ways. This rain is affecting them. Uh, it's flooding all around it. If they have built their vineyards, like many like to do in California, and again, I don't know what the final effect is on it there. I haven't talked to any vineyards or any wineries or anyone in the know, but most of them build it on slopes, on hills. Uh, you look at pictures of California vineyards, and very few of them are just flat, except in Napa Valley itself, uh, which is flat. But most everything else is up in the hills, so the drainage will be down to Napa Valley. And they could be affected down there with flooding. And we're not done. I mean, Sonoma's got, what, 28 feet of rain or something? I don't know, some mind-boggling number of inches or feet up there in, in the uh, foothills and in uh, Sonoma Mountains and Tahoe and all that, that it's just, you know, you they've closed ski resorts because of the amount of snow. It's just too much. So when you get to that, uh, when this starts to melt, and it will be melting before long here, they're already warning of serious flooding throughout California. And Napa Valley could be flooded. It's a good possibility that they'll be flooded because there's going to be no place for this water to go. And as it comes off the hills and off the mountains and starts flowing west, it's not going to be able to hold it in the bank. So this is something that's going to be devastating too. And the wildfires all over the place with the last two or three years burning the hills and all that is not good either because it's going to end up causing mudslides even worse than it normally would. So the vineyards that are on the hills are going to be a little bit better shape than those in, in Napa and Sonoma Valleys on the floor of the, of the two valleys. But all of them are critical positions, critical places and all that. So uh, it's not good. And I speak of California because we're seeing how much rain and how much snow they're getting there, but then we can buzz all the way across the country to New York State and the New England states and the vineyards that they have there. And yes, they have a lot of vineyards up in that region too, and not just in the Finger Lakes or in New York and Hudson and all that, but also New Hampshire and the New England states and uh, across the top in Minnesota and Michigan, all these areas where we have grapevines everywhere in this country. And because of that, the weather event could be devastating because they're getting a lot of snow in some of these areas. And when it melts, it could cause a major problem. I hope not. I really do. I mean, for the sake of vineyards and vineyard managers and, and wineries, uh, that's your livelihood, and I hate to see flood get it anymore. And I, you know, as much as I hate to see the fires uh, work their way through and get it. So, but that's uh, just a little thing on uh, the rain that's affecting uh, California. Uh, nice little article on how it works there and the different. 
times of seasons that it could affect it. Cognac. Brandy. Cognac is a brandy. All brandy is not cognac, but cognac is brandy. Uh, let me see. Is very, okay. I'll put, okay, thank you. I hate it when I click on an article and they say, you need to subscribe to the newspaper or you need to subscribe to the magazine. It's only a dollar a week for the first 10 weeks. I don't want to subscribe. Okay, as simple as that. Cognac has... New grapevine, our new grapes, the Cognac Wine Growers Organization asked the National Institute for Origin and Quality to add, and that is the National Institute for Origin and Quality, and it's initialed I-N-A-O. Uh, they asked them to add three varieties of interest for adoption, abbreviated V-I-F-A, to its specifications. Now they got to go through this because that is, you know, very controlled there in the cognac region. These include Vidal of the lesser known varieties, uh, Cotia, C-O-U-T-I-A, and Luminan, L-U-M-I-N-A-N. All of which were registered in the official catalog. The decree published in the official journal dated December 22nd, 2021. So it's already there. They just need to have the INAO say, yeah, you can use them. The, the Cotilla and Luminan are two white monogenic varieties stemming from 20 years of research work led by Alan Bouquet in a program conducted in conjunction with the French National Research Institute for Food, Agriculture, and the Environment, and taken over by the National Cognac Trade Bureau. The reason they wanted their resistance to downy and powdery mildew and appear to be suitable for producing distillation grapes. And... Uh, Depending on feedback from the INAO and the availability of plants, volunteer wine growers will be able to plant from 2024 onward, up to a maximum of 5% of their total wine stock and 5% of the Appalachian's total acreage. An experimental body will monitor the performance of the new vine. So there you go. They've got to go through a lot of steps to get this approved. Cognac is very regulated and... When you start putting new grapes in it, obviously it has to go through a lot of steps and they're going to be checking it and all that stuff. So, new grapes, a couple or three new varieties uh, that are uh, trying to get approved. Uh, Vidal and Cotilla and Lemon. So, that could be a good trivia answer in a year or so. Um, Scotland, this made me laugh. Scotland is proposing a alcohol advertising ban. Yeah, I mean that doesn't make any sense, does it? Scotland, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty long article and it starts quoting all sorts of people and all there, but it says according to the Scotch. Whiskey Association. In 2019, there were 2.2 million visits to Scotch whiskey distilleries. 
making the industry the third most tourist attraction in Scotland, generating approximately 7 million pounds in revenue. Uh, and, <laughs> and the proposals would also affect other major events and attractions in Scotland. So it's something that the the Scottish... Oh, I just... Where was it? Oh, come on. Uh... There it is. Uh, it's something the, the industry is battling like crazy. And they're saying, though, that in... Uh, where is my number here? They saw an outrageous number of alcohol-related deaths. Oh, I read this earlier. Where is it now? Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, Public Health Scotland's alcohol-related hospital statistics reveal that men were 2.3 times more likely than women to be admitted to general acute hospitals for alcohol-related conditions. And uh, let's see. Private, uh, no, that's not even, the, the number of deaths was outrageous, like 200 and something a, a week over the year. Uh, no, not 224. Here it is. According to the National Records of Scotland, 1,245 people died from conditions caused by alcohol in Scotland in 2021. That is the equivalent of 24 a week, the highest number of deaths since 2008. And so they said clearly alcohol-related harm is a pressing issue in Scotland. Uh, so they're looking at trying to stop advertising. They said that would help. I, you know, maybe. I don't know. I can't see how it would, but they think it will. It says, as for the appeal of alcohol to younger people, Gen Z is growing up more sober. In 2019, a drink aware study found that 16 to 25-year-olds in the U.K., were the most likely to be teetotalers, 26% not drinking, compared to the least likely generation, 55 to 74-year-olds, where 15% of whom don't drink. All right. Hang in there, gen, you know, boomers. Uh, but that's uh, that should be interesting if Scotland... I don't think it'll pass. It's just, you know, they, they come up with stuff like that. Legislatures, yeah. oh, well, don't get me started on legislatures. They they start doing crazy things and all that. They get in office and they they want to make an angel. Oh, let me see. Let me submit a bill where they can't advertise alcohol anymore in Scotland because, well, there's just too much drinking. Yeah. And how did that work out anywhere else in the world? You know, so... I don't know. Uh, and let's see what else. There was something else on this. Oh, oh, yeah. And speaking of floods, this was one that was very interesting. This says California's devastating floods may actually benefit winemakers, and that really caught my eye. And I said, "Well, why?" Why would that be so? And is basically because these floods are going to clean the ground. 
if you will. Unexpected silver lining. Heavy rains seem not only recharged drought thirsty aquifers, but also they flush away or leach uh, toxic vineyard salt deposits and other chemicals. So they're saying that this might be a good thing. All this rain just might clean up the ground a little bit. Uh, no small things, since salts and soil contain important micronutrients, but some, like sodium or chloride or boron, carry a toxic punch if left to uh, build up and uh, cause problems. And because of the drought, it seems to be worse. Uh, so the rains could actually flush it out, clean it out a little bit with all the chemicals that are there. And it's not just, well, you know, people say, well, my vineyard is organic, uh, biodynamic. I don't have anything in it. Well, things flush down from the hills and all that other stuff. So there's stuff in the soil that rains every once in a while is good for it. So uh, harvest 2022 was off by between 20% and 30% in production. Um, so because of the drought, and so they think that this is going to help salt poison plants dehydrate, uh, desiccate, and even die and the leaves burn or turn brown, and the grape quality suffers. So uh, the salt in the ground is something that is uh, uh, not a good thing. Naturally, salty irrigation systems play a part in it, and uh, so that's uh, one of the ways that you get the salt in the ground. And... Uh, then also, further north, salt deposits remain an exception rather than the norm uh, in the north coast. So that's not too bad. But if you look at Southern California and Santa Barbara, the soil there is, uh, don't have uh, the rainfall, so therefore the salt picks up in the ground and starts uh, accumulating over time. And it has. Uh, salts have leached in the ground quite a bit. So... With the rains that are going through everything, it could really be a, a good thing for the soil and for the vineyards to get that salt out of the ground. Uh, good thing. So, you know, another another thing about it besides the fact that it's filling up the aquifer, uh, it's the filtering of the soil and filtering out a lot of the bad stuff and the soils of farmers that do use any type of chemicals then this is a good way to clean it up and clean out the soil so uh, there you go that's that is a good thing and okay let me see here uh, I had oh, no, Tassel Ridge Winery. I want to mention them too because I got myself a couple, couple things in the last couple of weeks. Um, they have uh, Iowa Brianna, which is a sweet white wine with apricot, peach, kiwi, and star fruit on the nose, and pear, apple, and apricot on the palate. 
I've had that. That's a pretty decent. I'm not a sweet wine fan, but that wasn't a bad wine. That was. It, it would definitely be great with food. I didn't have an opportunity to have with food. I tasted it there, but that would be great with food. The 2021 Iowa Idlewild is now available. Also, uh, it's semi-sweet wine with uh, they're saying pineapple, mandarin, orange, and pear notes. And it's made with Idlewise grapes grown in their vineyard right there. So uh, uh, that was pretty good, too. I uh, can see that being paired with some spicy foods and stuff. So uh, they got those available now. Uh, and let's see. Wine of the Week is the Brianna. And seated tasting, wine tastings by reservation only or space available at Tassel Ridge. So, you know, call ahead. And tasting is range from 15 to $25, and seating is limited uh, to allow for social distancing. So they're still doing that. And the tasting bar is not open, but wearing masks is optional. And call all of your wineries. If you are going to go to a winery, call them first and find out what their protocol is for masks and everything. Although a lot of places have stopped it, a lot of places don't worry about it. Some of the wineries are still practicing their protocols. Hence, the, well, here's Tassel Ridge that's doing it. So there's, there's a lot of them. Uh, I'm a veteran, went to the VA clinic, and they have stopped the protocols at the VA clinics now for masks. Although, uh, as a patient coming in, you're not required to wear one, but most all of the personnel that work there, doctors, nurses, and and reception people and all that, are wearing masks. So, so it's not over yet. So uh, call first is, is the bottom line when you... You're going to go to a winery on the internet and give them a call, and that way you won't be stuck. They probably don't have a box of masks for you to put on as you come in. I I doubt that, but call first. So uh, you can do tastings there. They are doing a wine and wood-fired oven pizza night by reservation only coming up on March 24th. That's a week from tomorrow, so... Uh, get ready for that. Speaking of tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you can have your Guinness or you can go with wine, uh, green. The environmental agency down here in Tampa is trying to stop them from, well, it's not the environmental agency. I, I, let me get this correct. It's fishermen. I want them to not dye the Hillsborough River, which runs through Tampa, green because they say that they fish in it, and if they dye it green, it's going to stop their fishing. So, I don't know. Chicago River is famous for dying. Well, Chicago and the river is famous for dying it green, and you don't hear about that stuff. But I guess, you know, oh well. Uh, But St. Patty's Day tomorrow, so there's something to celebrate with wine or Guinness, if you're into Guinness and uh, corned beef and cabbage. 
corned beef is outrageously priced. If I may make a comment on that, oh my gosh, it just is too, too expensive right now. Uh, so, and it shrinks up. You put that in the pot and you start cooking it and it shrinks up. So you have to get one that's big enough to not shrink. Well, okay. Enough of my ranting here. Castle Ridge Winery. They're located in Layton, Iowa. And uh, you can go to Tassel Ridge. I think it's TasselRidgeWinery.com. They won't have it here. That always surprises me. Every time I look at this, I wonder why they don't have their email address here for me to just read to you. Um, just Tassel Ridge, it looks like here. Yeah. Uh, TasselRidge.com. So get a hold of them if you want to go there or stop and see them. They're located in southeast Iowa. And pretty nice place. It really is uh, just a beautiful little place there. Right now, I think they got snow all over, so I would question the wisdom of visiting them. But it's it's a fun place. Uh, let's see. Whispering Oaks. There's another one that I get all the time. If you know a winery, you know, or if you have a winery and you want to send an email to me, just do so. I'll promote your winery you know, periodically on the show. Whispering Oaks, home to great music, food, and our award-winning wine. Steak night is coming up, available by reservation. Uh, we see award-winning steakhouse this week. They're offering a choice of grilled beef medallions or surf and turf, which is beef medallion and grilled shrimp, or 12 ounce ribeye or fresh fish or chicken uh, served with large baked potato, French, uh, fresh veggies, ranch style baked beans, plated salad or soup, and fresh baked bread. I think they baked the bread right there. $32 per person does not include tax and gratuity or alcohol reservations are required. They have live music also this weekend. Uh, Friday the 17th, 6 to 9, Saturday the 18th, 1 to 4, and again 6 to 9, and then Sunday 1 to 4. And oh, they have a uh, April the 6th, they got an event coming called Peace of Woodstock. It's a tribute to the 60s and uh, to the concert, uh, the Woodstock concert. And so Easter is just around the corner, so make your reservations for Easter at any of your wineries. Uh, keep that in mind, too, April the 9th, if you don't. And then Mother's Day is May the 14th, and you really need to make your reservations early for that at any of the wineries, because if you delay, they're going to get full. So, again, a lot of them are still doing their social distancing, and they take less people now than they used to. So keep those dates in the back of your mind so you don't miss them. And this one here, this piece of Woodstock, it looks pretty good in this piece. It's P-E-A-C-E, piece of Woodstock, a tribute to the festival that defined the 60s. Uh, I went to Woodstock. I was actually there. I was the one that was stationed at Fort Devens, Massachusetts at the time, and and uh, had some other guys say, we're going to a concert they're putting on over in New York, and which was a 
pretty easy drive from where we were. And they said, you want to go? And I said, I don't know. And they said, come on. So I said, okay. So we went to Woodstock, and we got rained on, and it was sloppy, and it was muddy, and there was lots of people there, and it was crazy. And we were three-fourths of the way back from the stage, and it was hard to hear because people were always talking. Then afterwards, we realized that it was really quite an event, and we were happy we were there, but it was sort of miserable at times. <laughs> so, uh, I actually got to see Bob Hope in uh, Vietnam, uh, the last tour that Bob Hope made in Vietnam uh, to entertain the troops. Uh, I actually got to see him there. Uh, it was in Da Nang, and I was a ways up, but the problem with that is they had helicopters buzzing around because they didn't want any 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 rockets or anything coming from around outside of town shooting into the crowd and shooting into the stage and stuff, so they were constantly monitoring it with helicopters. It was hard to hear them too. And that was back when I was young and had good hearing. So, But I did see Bob Hope live, too, on his last last show that he ever did before he retired. Uh, yeah. For all of you young people, look up Bob Hope if you don't know him. Uh, okay, so uh, Tassel Ridge and uh, Whispering Oaks. And check them out. Wine Folly has came out with a little thing about Marsala. Uh, Marsala is a fortified wine. That means that they've added alcohol to it to make it stronger. Uh, most people use it as a cooking wine, although Marsala is, can be used for much more. Uh, it comes in all sorts of styles, bone dry to very sweet, and it comes in a range of colors and all sorts of stuff. Marcella is really quite a diversified wine. Uh, it's got pretty strong bodies, sweet, very little tannin in it. Uh, the acid is not too bad. The alcohol is usually up there, though. And uh, uh, the body is, is pretty good. Uh, look for stewed apricot, vanilla, uh, brown sugar, tobacco, undertones in the taste and in the aroma. And uh, you serve it in the dessert glass. Uh, you don't need to decant it. Uh, don't spend too much for a masala. You don't have to. You can find them all over the place. You can age them if you're one to put stuff in a cellar and let it age for your time. You can age masala wines for anywhere from 5 to 25 years. Um, aging, it's not going to hurt it. It might help it. Uh, I'd say might help. It depends on which ones you get. And so uh, you can look at uh, uh, getting Marsala as, as one of your wines that you want to age in it. But before you start aging it, find one and drink it and say, do I want to age this for any time? And if you do age it, it's probably going to mellow out the acid a little bit in it. And so that that will be one of the benefits of aging it. But Marcella, it's uh, 
M-A-R-S-A-L-A. It's a uh, strong wine, uh, not one that uh, people normally ask for, but it is something that uh, can be refreshing. So, uh, Marcella wine. And let's see, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. And is this it? Uh, what is that article? Uh, well, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw this. I'm going to say this. It says California can't keep up with uh, this popular grape, uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It's really taken off the shelves all over the place. People, for some reason, are discovering Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, a lot of places are putting on sale because it's so popular. New Zealand, if you're looking for a Sauvignon Blanc, that is really one of the best. I think New Zealand does one of the best jobs of turning out a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, somewhat crisp. And uh, picture a Chardonnay without the butteriness, a little bit more crispness to it. Uh, the alcohol level is Sauvignon Blancs is usually not real high, uh, you know, 10 uh, percent, stuff like that. So you're not going to get a, a real sharp alcohol level, but you are going to pick up the acid in it. And Sauvignon Blancs usually uh, have the acid that will jump out at you. So Sauvignon Blanc, it's uh, becoming uh, very popular right now for some reason. I don't know why. Robert Mondavi has been, the winery there has been putting out a Fumé Blanc uh, that they've uh, started to do back in the 60s. And it's a Sauvignon Blanc, but they call it Fumé Blanc. And they've been selling that consistently for years and years and years. And now it's starting to uh, uh, starting to become more popular. And so it's, uh, people are starting to buy it more and more. Uh, grapes are getting expensive for the Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, five years ago, they were selling for around $2,800 a pound, or a, a ton. That's how you measure the grape sales. And now it's up to about 4000 because they are popular, and that's what happens. So pick yourself up some Sauvignon Blanc and give it a try. That might be a nice wine to have tomorrow while you're... Uh, having your corned beef and cabbage, I, a, you know, a nice acidic Sauvignon Blanc with the corned beef and cabbage would be really pretty nice, I think. So, uh, that's it. I think that was the last one I wanted to mention. Uh, in the storms hitting the areas and... Uh, Low-intervention natural wines are taking over Las Vegas. Uh, and, yeah. So, there we are for another week. We don't have a guest as of now for next week, but the way I've got these people lined up, we could. <laughs> so, if we do, I'll let you know. And, and uh, 
find out what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, it is. Uh, I have no idea. God, you know, all of a sudden now we're two and a half minutes. It's yeah, it's eight eight o'clock right on the dot. There you go. Um, so we will be back next uh, Thursday. That's uh, March the twenty third at uh, seven p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard U.S. time. Is it? Is it? 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Daylight Time. I have EDT, no, Eastern no. Daylight Time now. That's going to last for, what, seven months, so, eight months? Until November, first probably. week of November. Okay. So just about the time you get used to it, we're going to bounce it back again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when I finally figured out which one it is, it'll go right back to the other one. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you all for uh, tuning in and uh, for being out there, uh, probably listening on the archives or something, but uh, do appreciate it. And um, we will chat with you uh, next week. Uh, Tune in and uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy your uh, safe and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Wow, you said November. No, (laughs) you said November. So uh, kind of got me. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is uh, tomorrow, isn't it? That's the actual yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For some reason, we I thought it was just on the weekend. You know that? We, we did. Pie yeah. Day. Yep. Yeah. Three, 3.1415, blah, 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 all that good stuff. It was 3.14. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, another one of those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no, silly thing that we do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Another celebration. Uh, another have a good celebration. one. And, uh, be safe, and we'll we'll see you all next time. And uh, see you next week. If you're, Thanks if you're for watching, thank you, thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. So how is the streaming on Facebook? <laughs> it's... Uh... We're still talking. It's uh, seven fifty nine still, <laughs> and uh, oh, geez. yeah, <laughs> it's kind of I'll, I'll just do that. That makes well, sense. I was watching. I was I was watching the clock a bit because it has the clock on the video feed, and I thought, oh, okay, great. We're you know seven seconds. That's perfect. And then, you know, I'm looking at the, looking up stuff for uh, you know the, uh, some of the links and writing my notes and stuff. I come back to it, and we were almost two minutes off. So, wait a minute. Hey. Why all of a sudden did he jump for two minutes? And then uh, about 10 minutes after that, it was back to about seven or eight seconds delayed. It, the clocks were almost matching. I was like, okay, what what are they seeing? And, um, yeah, now we're still going. Haven't played the uh, the ending yet. I'll, as soon as it starts, I'll wait. Oh, oh we're still on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. That's, uh, that's right. it, it's... Uh, eight o'clock and forty-five seconds, right now on that apparently. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it just turned eight o four, so. Yeah, so it's it's a bit out there. 
And it, it's uh, crazy. That's crazy. It's doing that. Is ending, that from ending video. Facebook or is that? It, it's what? just the. I'm streaming to a service that then streams out to four different destinations. Oh. Um, goes to Twitter and Facebook and everybody, and then uh, yeah, four of those. And it's just. It's getting the signal from here and showing me what's showing. And um, don't know. Just, uh, oh, look, there's another winery. Okay, good. Uh, can we show the outro now? <laughs> can we show that? Okay. Exit? So, it's uh, still delayed. So anyway, I'll just uh, as soon as it runs, I'll stop the encoding, the streaming part, and then it'll cut it off. But if I stop it now, oh. we'll never see the 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 exit so it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> that's fantastic. that puts it about yeah nice. five minutes that puts about four minutes behind what we were because I think it was right at eight that we yeah, got out I, I don't get it I don't understand why it's that delayed um, maybe some some more oh now now it just started so the song just started or the song so the started. outro is playing yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Joe's only you know less than a minute, so it finally yeah. ended. Wow, that's strange. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any of you people uh, out there that are still listening to us that might have an answer to that, drop us an eye. Yeah. 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 If you're listening, drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About All, all About Wine. That's it. <laughs> Now I can stop the streaming, and it goes off there. That's strange. Okay. Oh, close that. That's my phone. Um, oh well, well. So it's another have another week. Have St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. You too. Um, we're still on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Blog oh, Talk we Radio, are, for listening to all yeah. this. Oh my yeah, gosh. We, <laughs> we never went to the green room. <laughs> Never went to the green. Bye, Blog Talk Radio. Bye, Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>